0: hey what's up everyone how are you it is let's see the 2nd of february 2023 it's episode 147 of my live chat and it's going to be a little bit different today yes today we have ufc bantamweight adrian young yes who is uh waiting on standby we'll bring him in in just a minute you guys know the ground rules of course my name is luke thomas all that good stuff thumbs up if you're watching subscribe if you're new um let's see we'll go for about an hour with adrian today and we will do it mostly off of your questions i'll play a little bit of moderator but this will be fun so without further ado let's get this party started shall we all right so let's try this this is the first time we've done this so this will be interesting this will be fun but let's bring him in adrian is now here waiting with us in the uh the back of the room here so let's try bringing him in see how this goes let's do it there he is hey
1: hey sorry for the messy background and all that stuff
0: <laughs> uh, but my uh my background's not much better how are you adrian nice to see you
1: oh man uh, doing good man i'm really excited about this uh man doing great
0: doing great man and yourself i'm uh, doing pretty well it's nice to see you uh, i'm excited about your fight with rob font how many weeks are we away at this point what's the math on that
1: man uh last i checked yesterday i checked because i google it like almost every day now i'm like nine (laughs) weeks and three days out
0: okay so you got some time and so Mm -hmm. i guess camp is still in the early ish stages
1: yeah yeah i never really stopped training because like this like the ufc kind of wanted to book this fight like last year uh but font wasn't ready so i've been knowing about the fight since july but uh, so I never really kind of got out of shape. I stayed in shape just cause, uh, they were planning to put me on November 12th, uh, for the MSG card, but things didn't fold. So I kind of been nonstop training ever since. So I just said, mm. mom, don't get out of shape. So, uh, I guess camp, you know, I started early January, early January, okay. like I actually started toning things up, but, uh, you know, longer camp, you know, and not burning myself out, like taking rest days and all that stuff. So that's pretty cool.
0: What is the Adrian Yanez number one secret uh, or number one trick, number one tool for injury prevention?
1: Man, honestly, you got to kind of uh, go with the right training partners. You, you can't like you got to make sure that you're not going to go like out of camp. You know, I have no problem going like some of the bigger guys, uh, like the 55 or 70s and all that stuff. Start rolling with them, start grappling with them, spar with them, at even. Uh, in camp, you got to make sure you know who you're going with. You can't have these rounds where, like, you know, the guy might be a little bit more on the greener side jumping in. So he might just be fighting for his life. Like while he's trying to be in there, like, Oh, he's so scared. Uh, and throw something that just might just like hurt you or like crank something, you know, like in jujitsu rolling around, the guy freaks out grabs your ankle for no reason <laughs> you know just like knowing who you're going with and then also to get into good rehab uh
0: getting really good rehab because you know you gotta take care of yourself fair enough all right so here's how this is gonna go we asked mm-hmm. the uh the viewers of my channel to give us some questions they did and then they kind of gave up thumbs up to which ones they like and which ones they didn't i suppose so let's go through some of these i'll play a little bit of moderator but this is really the fans talking to you more so than it is me all right okay all right you're good to go Oh, yeah, we're good to go. All right, let's try this out. I'm going to try out this layout. Let's see how that one. No, let's do this one. Let's try. Whoops, hold on. Excuse me. Got the wrong one. There we go. Okay, now let's right. try. There we have. Maybe this is a little better. Yes, I like that one better. Okay, let's go up to the top here. Here it is. I'll read it out so that people who might be listening on podcasts can get the idea. Uh, hey, Adrian, I felt it pretty... Gr- uh, I imagine it felt pretty great to knock out Kelly with the whole crowd cheering for you. How did you celebrate afterwards any crazy stories of other fighters post-fight celebration so first things first for you your how did you feel in that moment afterwards
1: Uh oh, man so in that moment afterwards uh that's like one guy who i genuinely didn't like going into the fight uh you know because just a whole lot of things happened like i know like on the weigh-in stage uh like we got into it but what people don't know is that we continued backstage and the security was trying to pull us apart and everything. And yeah, it was getting it was getting pretty bad in the backstage. And you know, he was just one of those things that I was like, if, if i if if I could have fought him then, I would have fought him then. Like that's how that's how like bad I wanted to get to him. But you know,
0: uh, Was he was he talking like greasy to you? He's talking mad shit,
1: saying I was talking shit and he's just calling he was like saying everything like you know. Mad, pretty mad shit. He's calling me a bitch, and I'm like, bro, I'm about to fucking knock you out. Like, dude, I was, yeah, it was, it was a whole bunch of craziness. And then uh, when we walked out, he came out to that song. And I was like, uh, you know, like I forget what song, like hate a hater song or something like that. I'm like, bro, like I don't know, it was just a whole bunch of shit. But like in the middle of the fight, I can hear he started talking shit to me and all that stuff. And I was just like, I'm gonna stay quiet because whenever I get my chance, I get my chance. And then whenever I knocked him out, like it was just right there just just my that was my first initial reaction that was like genuinely me just being like fuck you bro and then uh afterwards it took me a second to calm down like once the the state guy kind of pulled me off and was like hey like g- like take a second and then I looked around and I was like oh shit <laughs> I'm fighting in front of like thousands of people right now and then that's whenever like uh it just went super crazy went super super crazy and like I was just I was just kind of just taken away by how many people were cheering. Like it was almost inaudible to like, like it just, it was so loud that it just, I felt like I couldn't hear anything. Like it it was, it was just this weird moment, but it was so cool. Like I, I wish I could relive that moment again. Do you go back and watch it often? I do. I do. Uh, I do like watching the finishing sequence <laughs> just because I didn't like the guy. But uh no, like I, I go in there and I try start trying to see what, what I can do to make that make that better and also kind of kind of looking trying to see what I felt in like how can I say it? Like I'm always trying to see if there was like something that like kind of took me out my game for a second, and pretty much I stayed focused the whole entire time. I knew what was in front of me and you know, I, it could have been very bad. I could have been one of those memes. So I was like, yeah, no, I had to stay very, very focused on that. So Uh, I also like going back, even, even in a win, just looking at the fight and just kind of uh, trying to see what I could have done better. Like, cause a lot of people just take a win and they're just like, Oh, I did good. And they throw out, they throw out just kind of like, they just glorify themselves. Oh, I beat this guy. I was like, well, you know, this is what you can take out of that. Even in a win, you can, there's stuff you can take out of hmm.
0: Uh Have you seen, or uh, maybe yours or anyone else's, any crazy post-fight, you know, club, whatever, uh, uh, celebrations that are of note?
1: Uh, man, uh, Dallas was pretty crazy. I stayed out all night for that one. Uh, that was whenever Brandon Moreno beat Kaikata France, and it was just a wild night. I, I did not – I had no idea – like i was i was you know we're managed by saint magister we're there we're, we're having a great time and then out of nowhere um volk and izzy happened to walk in and i'm still such a fan of the sport that i started freaking out i was like oh shit this is so fucking cool and i don't i don't i don't know where i talked to volk we have a great conversation and then after that like is he is he sees me and he's like yo what's up you we start talking and it was crazy cuz he was he was like talking to me genuinely as a fan of mine yes. and i was and it and i was just i was trying to say like bro i'm actually i'm like i'm a big fan of you he's like no you shut you shut up i'm talking to you 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 i am your fan like i'm like oh that feels that feels that feels amazing but ah uh, it was it was cool and then he got me drunk right after so and then he started uh telling me about like uh the tradition where you wipe my like I guess you wipe money down and then like, uh, uh, something, something with money, you know?
0: So I thought that was pretty cool. I lost the sound here. Can you hear me? Can you give me a thumbs up? Yeah, I can. I can. I I can. Yeah. All right. I can. I'll just keep it rolling here for just a second, if I may. Uh, okay. So let's go back to some of the questions here. Let's do this one. There we go. Uh, all right. Hey Adrian, when dealing with a fighter trained in Nurmagomedov style or similar, What is a general mistake you have observed in the approach of past opponents? Feel free to be as specific as you would like to not give away secrets, since you'll likely have to face one in the near future. (laughs) All right. So in that case, Adrian, how would you answer the question?
1: Uh, Here's the thing. There's a a lot of people give up positions thinking that they're they're going to, uh, how can I say it? You know, in jiu-jitsu, sometimes like, oh man, I, I really can't stay in this position. So I'll give a little give a little to to get back. Like I'll I'll expose my back for a second just so I can get that little bit of space to start maneuvering out. And I feel like with uh with that type of a style, like the, the Dagestani style, I'll just pretty much put it as Dagestanian style that you're gonna it's gonna be hard because they are the smash, like they they're not giving you a scent, not giving you anything to work with so you had you had to stay tight you had to make sure that you don't put yourself in a worse position because they're going to take advantage of it you already might be like they're already like about three steps ahead of you like in the grappling aspect trying to be like all right well this is what he's going to give me like i'm in let's just say i'm in half guard they're looking for three positions it's either going to go head into uh side control to mount or let's just say you try to pop your try to pop your knee in from the top trying to create a little bit of space, they already know they're already going to shut that leg down. So you got to make sure that you're not letting them control your hips. You know, you have to make sure that your hips can move. And if you can't, you know, you, you lost that battle at that sense. And then there you have to start working, uh, trying to get their head position down. Cause a lot of times, whenever they take you down off the fence, if their head positions over your head, uh, it's not going to be a fun time for you. You have to make sure that you get the better head positioning. And a lot of this stuff, you got to start creating space. It is going to suck. But you have to grind. And most of these guys, they don't know how to put themselves in that type of a grind and put themselves in the terrible position and try, start working out of it. A lot of these people like to start in dominant positions, like whenever they drill, whenever they're doing a lot of things. So all of it kind of starts in the camp. And even then, even before that, if you know they're in your division, you have to start work on it now because they're already light, they're already light years ahead of you in that aspect. You know, you're, already paying, you're you're pretty much playing catch up to what they're doing. So you got to put yourself in those type of positions and play an anti, like an almost like an anti-wrestler, anti-jiu-jitsu type, type of fight. Mm. Uh, if you can take them down, you know, that's a big up for you because, you know, Hey, they don't, they don't really put, they don't really get put on the back, but also you just, it's it's almost kind of more like a, a type of a mindset that you are going to have to work out of these terrible positions. And, you know, it's going to take, it's going to take some time, but you got to, you got to work through it. Uh, but even just like with that small mount, small mount, uh like the small mount back on the fence, their heads over you. A lot of people don't know how to get out of that. So you if they don't have the control of your hips, you gotta start moving your hips, you gotta start moving. Uh I'm trying, I'm trying to talk details and positions, but it's hard for me to uh to it's hard for me to uh how can I say it? Like explain it. Out, yeah, it's, you, it's hard you, to walk
0: someone through without a visual aid.
1: Yeah. So you just can't let your hips get locked down. You have to you have to be able to have your
0: hips be able to be mobile. And if, if they shut that down, it's gonna be a long night for you. Uh how how do you we, we should have got to it with the last question, but mm-hmm. we can do it here. Uh Islam and Volk, right? It's coming mm-hmm. up soon. Give me your sense about how that one looks. You have a feeling about who's gonna win, uh, man. My like, man, I, I got I got
1: much love for Volkanovski, so I hope, really hope he gets it done. It is a it is a large task in itself because man, Islam is getting better. His hands are his hands looked really sharp in the uh, in the Charles Oliveira fight. I will say, like, I really do think Volk stands a way better chance than everybody thinks. Uh, low center of gravity, and he's also like one of those guys that like. I don't think he gets taken down too much. I think he has some really good defense. And also, man, like he's gotten out of some really, really dominant, like that triangle, the guillotine, there's a lot of, there's a a lot of positions that Volk has been in and he just has that no quit. And I think that also has to take into, has to be taken into account and also like a factor of that fight because he's just going to be in there no matter what, he doesn't look for the way out, man. And he's, he's going to continue to keep going. I would say Volk definitely has the, the striking advantage, but the wrestling advantage and the ground advantage you have to give it to Islam. So that you know, every fight starts standing. So I do give Volk, a, Volk the chance in that. You know, I really hope he gets it done because got mad love for the guy. Uh but Islam is just a it's just another beast. So uh heart says uh heart says is uh Volk, but head says Volk, uh Islam, my bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the other thing about Islam too is just the numbers speak to this. Just very defensively sound. Like obviously he has the head kick loss early in his career, whatever it was, but he got stopped. But since then, you just look at the numbers; they barely touch him. They don't take him down. They don't put him in dominant positions, and that kind of makes his game a little bit more apprehensive. But you just don't see Islam in trouble hardly ever, 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 ever.
1: Yeah, that's. So, I also kind of like took a like I, I listened to Bilal Muhammad's. Uh interview with joe rogan whenever he was on there and i that training that training method that they got like i kind of attributes to what uh kind of attributes to their fighting stuff that makes sense like they the way they fight like they're like no we win we dominate we do like if you go back and listen to that it's like it gives you a really good insight into what they do and kind of like the training mindset and it kind of makes it easier for like you to look at like oh so that's why their fights are always like this. And it looks really super dominant because they only
0: train to dominate. Right. All right. Let's take a look at some of these questions. We keep it going here for Yanez. How does he incorporate and adapt good boxing and its fundamentals into the broader MMA game? Any tips for someone he writes like himself who started off just training boxing and is now delving into Muay Thai and MMA. What do you think Adrian? So everything is probably on the stance Uh, For me on my end and
1: being able to be diverse in the actual like not if you're just with just with the hands, you have to be diverse, you have to be able to hit the head and not just go headhunting, you have to work the body, you have to move, move up and down. And also too, whenever you use punches, you got to also use it defensively in for the wrestling aspect, you know, or I tell a fighter if he's fighting a wrestler, it's like, dude, don't even punch for the head, punch it, punch at their chest, because they start, they start uh, level changing. You throw the punch right at their chest, and they level change, they might pop into that, to that straight right, or to that jab, that uppercut, everything up the middle, and then also too, if you throw the left hook to the body, if they level change, that's all, that's all, that's automatically a wizard for you. So you, also, it can be an underhook depending on how they shoot or what they're going for. So it's like, don't negate the body. Make sure it's it's a it's a it's a big part of your plan. You know, jabs, chest the uh, jabs to the chest, straight to the body, hooks to the body, hooks up top. Just making sure that you're getting diverse in uh, the levels of how you strike with your hands. Uh, you will have to change your stance. Like this is, I I, I was really on my I was really heavy on my uh, my front foot for the longest time, and I didn't have the stance for that. You know, my my knee was kind of pointed towards. Uh, my knee wasn't pointed towards the right way. It was pointed towards their front, their front leg whenever it should be pointed towards their back. So just in case they start throwing a uh, low leg kicks, it's easier for me to check and have a, have a stronger base. And yeah. So it, you're taking a wider angle. Yeah. A mil- little bit of a wider. Cause I used to have my, like both my knees would be turned like mostly one way, you know, a traditional boxing stance, but now my knees are, happen to be more straight, mm. straight and uh, you know, right foot right foot a little bit more weight on my back foot left left leg is gonna be like almost like a 60 40 uh on the, on the weight just so I can have like an easier time lifting up that le- that front leg just in case you start throwing the leg kicks uh you know it's oh Oops, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah no so uh just so I can make sure that like the low leg kicks the calf kicks it's easy it's easy for me to pick up the check you know so uh that's one one adjustment I had to make as well so Um, and also too, uh, the big gloves, uh, the big gloves, if you get really accurate, uh, throwing punches with the big gloves and like placing them, it's going to make it easier whenever you put the fours on. So, uh, a lot of boxing sparring would be good for that
0: too. Do you like the, uh, four ounce glove Muay Thai out of one championship? oh yes i absolutely love it
1: <laughs> yeah no I lo- okay so some, I love some, it, yeah. some
0: purists don't love it because they don't love the cage for it they like the ring and then the angles mm-hmm. that that forces but i'm wondering i don't know i gotta tell you the trade-off to four ounce gloves is it's an upgrade it seems like to a lot of oh. casual fans anyway
1: oh yeah no for me it, it definitely has sold me i i watch uh i watch uh haggerty fight and i'm like oh dude this is this is amazing uh yeah, I watched superman fight, all these guys fighting. I'm just like, I, I get giddy off of it. You know, my, uh, my, my coach, my Muay Thai coach, like he's, like he's really about that life. Like he lived in Thailand for, uh, for, for, for amount of time. So coming back, I'm always asking him about these stuff. He's always throwing names at me. He's like, hey, watch this, watch this fight. I want to try to see if you can start implementing some of the stuff that he does, but we'll work into what we do. And, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I think I watched uh, Liam Harrison with the low kicks, and we're like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's start adding this, and we start doing it. And, yeah, no, he gets me in a deep dive going and and watching these fights and everything. So, uh, you know, I don't think he (laughs) – I don't think he liked the 1FC open weight –
0: yeah, they're having a the, grand prix. Yeah. The, the, the Grand
1: Prix, yes. But uh other than that, I, I really love what one FC is doing, especially with the Muay Thai with the small gloves. Just I don't know. There's just something about like putting on the smaller gloves. The big gloves is still fun, like you still love watching it, but whenever you put the, the four ounces on, there's just I don't know, it's just
0: something something about it that just kind of intrigues you a little bit more. Hmm. All right, let's go back to some of these questions mm-hmm. here. Let's take a look uh this person writes i'm curious about how training has evolved to become mma training instead of each separate discipline being trained then mma sparring have you seen this change through the years and how much value do you put on training them separately what do you think adrian so i do believe in training everything uh
1: kind of together but also you do need to go and you know like because a lot of times like i know for me like mma wrestling and mma jiu-jitsu is always fun uh, and then you kind of get overconfident and then you jump into the jiu-jitsu gym, like into like sh- doing straight jits jitsu and you're just like, oh, damn, like, yeah, I've, I've been neglecting a lot of this stuff. It h- helps you stay tight. It helps you stay tight. And also you need to be working a lot of this stuff anyway. So uh, it's, it's really great. It's really great to do. Like you always need the refresher. You always need to continue like leveling up just the individual sport itself. That's why I have a Muay Thai coach just so I can help like in all aspects of my striking with my boxing, with my, with my, uh, with my kicks, my knees, my elbows and everything. Also Eve Edwards with, with the Jitsu and the wrestling, then also with him being able to put it all together and make it flow really nicely. You know, you need to be able to, uh, to know separate things. And also the way, Eve's kind of explained it to me as well as like everything, everything's the puzzle piece, you know, you can fit it. Uh, that puzzle piece can fit like in wherever you need it to. So they just say you, let's just say you find the Kimura, you know, you can get Kimuras almost everywhere, you know? So, you grab the kimura, you're like, oh well, you know, I, I can't. Only, I'm only getting able to get this in uh, side control. Well, then you figure out, I was like, oh, I can get this from half guard. I can get this from full guard. You know, I can get this while the guy's on top of me in side control. I was like, man, this is this is this is great. So now you got an extra thing that you can use to puzzle piece it in. And then also at the same time with jujitsu, us just say you're on your back. You can actually like instead of just being anti jitsu and just like uh trying to do the anti jitsu stuff, you can actually look for a sweep and uh something that you learned in gi but you don't have the same friction but same rules still apply like let's just say you hit like a little old school sweep you know brandon moreno hit that on uh davis and Figueroa uh not too long ago so yeah so yeah so it'd be it'd be dumb not to learn these other other techniques and just like do mma mma training consistently because when you're doing mma training consistently consistently you miss the finer details in a lot of these things so I really do believe you should be doing like some stuff separately, but then also be able to bring it back. So I feel like if you find a good mixture uh, in a camp, like in in a camp for a fight, MMA trumps all. Uh, Out of camp, you should definitely be getting some jiu-jitsu, some Muay Thai, like strict, like traditional stuff. And then being able to, you know, have a couple of days where you can
0: put it all together. Seems like they're as a fighter. From what I've noticed, is the better ones anyway. Yeah. They have this track that they're on. They're on two tracks at once. One track is like lifelong martial arts learning, and that will take you know some precedence in their life. And not depending if they have a fight camp, and that sort of happens over the longitudinal partial portion of their career. And then interspersed, they have the fight camp, so they get very very specific about their training, where they may for to this point not use the gi at all mm-hmm. uh but they don't lose sight of the fact that they're on dual tracks at once does that sound similar yeah, to your experience
1: yeah yeah that definitely sounds similar to my experience i just wish i would put the gi on a little bit more mm-hmm. if that makes sense I, I do miss the gi a lot of the times but uh the nogi stuff is still
0: fun <laughs> doing no nogi is still fun all the scrambles and everything all right let's go back to some of these questions here uh, this person asks Adrian, fan of your work. Considering Rob Font is by no means a soft touch, but he has a style which I think will accommodate your own. Do you think the UFC brass have high hopes for you and your future? I guess he's asking that based off the matchmaking. Like they're not putting you in this fight against a known guy who's very well credentialed by accident, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like I feel like they they they're gonna
1: invest in me because obviously I have a fan friendly type of style. Um, also. That the fight itself is just going to be like, like, tell me whenever you see an Adrian Yanez fight, then tell me whenever you see a Rob Font fight that you're just like, all right, these two guys, you put them together, it's only going to create, uh, like a really big type of banger type of a fight. You know, I had one fight of the night for, uh, for, uh, uh, performance bonuses, and then just look at Rob Font's career, you know. So it is, it is a, it is a, tough fight like style like not stylistically but it's a stylistically fun fight for the fans uh but yeah i do feel like the uc is trying to give an extra bump and especially like it's kind of like in boxing they do all all the time you know like they want to put you against a a bigger name but you know i'm not calling i'm not gonna call rob font a tune-up or anything but you know for the fighter that's coming up you know uh actually a, a good way to put it is like uh canelo versus shane mosley uh shane mosley was on the way out canelo was on the way up so mm. that i feel like this is that type of a fight you know like it's it's for for me on my end you know and uh for rob Fine, it's more like no i'm still here i'm still this guy I'm, I'm gonna take up this young guy and for me it's just more like i gotta go out there put a statement on it against a guy who's a legend so yeah no i do feel like the uc's like their style they're they're definitely they definitely knew mm-hmm. what they were doing ever they put this matchup
0: together so how do you feel about the top of the division right i mean you're moving up there but not there yet and there is going to be a title fight it it looks like we don't really know it's going to be algerman sterling taking on henry cejudo i wonder how you feel about those two matching up and what you think will matter decisively in either direction
1: man so on whenever i'm looking at this fight i see a guy with his wrestling credentials that would be able to put algerman on his back uh but with what Algerman can do on the ground, like in the grappling aspect of jiu-jitsu, man, I've seen Aljo just have some really competitive rounds with some guys who were really good at jiu-jitsu at a, at, at a heavier weight. So I look at that, and I'm just like, I don't know what Henry can bring to the ground on the on the ground game. I know he'd be able to stuff it, stuff the takedowns of Algerman and keep it standing. Uh, but what uh, – man, because I'm looking, I was like, what – Like how? What approach is Henry going to take? Is he going to try to emphasize the wrestling and just maybe kind of put him on the cage, stall him out a little bit, or if he's going to try to outstrike him? Because that's a tough test to do, especially for someone like Aldermain. Like Aldermain has a weird style where he's like lanky, herky jerky. He doesn't really do anything up the middle. It's usually from the sides. If he does come up the middle, it's usually going to be with the entrance of a shot, and then even then. Also, there too with algermain his entries are very like you don't see it very often, man. He used to like I remember, uh, in that last Peter Jan fight, uh, I saw because I went to go help him out for that fight, I saw what he was implementing. You, help, you helped out again.
0: Peter, you helped out algermain
1: for algermain I helped yeah. out algermain uh, to give him the boxing look, and you know, that was only for a week, but I saw what he was doing for like, uh, I saw what he was doing. That added to like, that was like gonna be that. Okay, like he was doing that low, that uh, front almost like a ankle pick, but pulling it and then kind of making me overreact and overreacting that uh, like pulling having to pull my leg back. And then that's whenever he used his shot, would uh, that's whenever you hit a penetrating shot. And that's what same thing he kind of did with Peter in this in that second fight. You know, he, he hit that little, little, low ankle pick trying to give a pull and drag. And next, you know, Peter was uh, out there try to pull his leg back and then that's gave uh that gave alger his entry so mm. um so yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird I, I go back and forth on this because i'm just like man you know uh credential wise the wrestling department the grappling department it, uh alger takes like the actual grappling but when it looks at the wrestling department i I give it to uh henry cejudo uh the striking it's kind of like uh it's I know I know Henry Cejudo way much more polished in the hands and just the striking overall, but the awkwardness and the unorthodox approach, man, has always like kind of made people like, uh, you know, it's it's the stuff that you don't see on a day to day basis kind of throws you for a loop. If you're so used to seeing a guy throw a jab, like uh, throw a jab, you know, very technical, very sound that now you get a guy who's a spaz and he throws it very super awkward it kind of throws you for a loop for a second you're just like oh well i had to adjust to this so i don't know if that will take if that will make the the fight just a little bit more interesting in the standard department you know so i'm kind of torn between between both fights uh both fighters you know because i'm like i'm looking and it's just someone who's super like uh clean cut orthodox and you got someone who's like just super out the box unorthodox you know
0: Mm i've talked about it also on this like this channel and other places also like one of the things aljomaine sterling does really well is he doesn't necessarily even need a takedown at all he just needs for you to create back exposure and then he's just from standing up with you to all of a sudden on the back and oh, yeah. it's a nightmare right it's a nightmare to deal with that because he can get there so easily and so quickly and once he gets it people don't get it off very easily uh, either oh
1: no not at all man like i i I remember I was uh, moving around with him and then just, just just the slightest, just the slightest like sight of my back and he was on it just like that. It's like mm. so after training with him, it just kind of was just like, whoa, like uh yeah, it was it was it, it was I it was eye-opening on my end, just because I saw I see the level that he, I saw the level that he was at, especially whenever it comes to the back. The takedowns aren't really even necessary. Uh but he'll he'll be able to take your back find a way to get it to the ground and it just yeah just be able to control man because as soon as he touches your back like just even like in that uh peter Yon fight man even peter Yan couldn't couldn't get away from him. he's like he was stuck there i, I seen him do that to, to high level black belt so yeah no there, there's no slight about his back control Mm-mm. all
0: right back to the questions here from the fans they write uh adrian i know you're a big fan of boxing and integrating into your mma fights in your opinion What's one of the biggest fundamental boxing mistakes that high-level MMA fighters make in their fights, and how can they rectify that error? All the best from uh, Dublin, Ireland. There, Adrian, what do you think?
1: Man, the biggest mistake uh, that MMA fighters do, man, incorporate their boxing with their boxing, and, and to incorporate their boxing. Oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of people just tend to load up and start and like they load up on every shot. You know, you see these guys like. Uh, Ah oh, man, uh Jack, uh, I think his initials are JDM. Uh Oh, Jack so, Dillon, uh, Madalena? Yes. Yeah, he's he's loose when he's throwing his shots. He's never really kind of loading up. A lot of these guys uh they kind of really tense up and before they start throwing punches, they they're super tense. They slow down their punches, you know, I don't know if they're worried about the wrestling, but uh a lot of these guys don't use their boxing striking into the wrestling aspect. Cause like, man, it's like you can throw the, like everybody gets, gets super headhunter happy. They go, they go jab up, they jab up top, they cross up top, uppercut. Everything's up, everything to the head. You know, that's what I mean. As, as I said earlier, diversify your striking in the boxing area, like change your levels. Don't get stuck on the head. Like, I know you want to, like, I know a lot of people want, love the knockouts and everything, but strategically, I feel like if you use your boxing, into uh to to, to fight or like let's just say fighting a wrestler jab up top jab to the body hook to the body everything has a purpose you hook to the body again you got the wizard you got the underhook you throw a jab you throw an uppercut you throw an uppercut you already setting yourself for an underhook already you throw a jab you throw into the chest he level changes. you throw the right punch to the chest again he level changes he punches right punches right in the chest and makes him hesitate on on level changing again you, know, you got to get them thinking a little bit more. So I think that overall will help out. And a lot of these guys, again, they just get super uh, heavy on wanting to knock people out. They start gunning for the head, and it just ends up being a big mistake for them. Then they get taken down. Uh, but, yeah, that would probably be the biggest thing is the level changing with their punches. And also, too, a lot of these guys don't use their jab enough, and, you know, they don't cut the angles. They just kind of just walk straight in, walk straight back.
0: Yeah, I know that's the big one for me is uh two things that stand out to me about it. was one is the angles. There's just mm-hmm. a lot of guys or they'll take the angles in like really obvious ways. that mm-hmm. like they'll slow step out to like initiate and in which you can I mean, you have to turn a guy to do that, but you know, it's it's a little telegraphed. Yeah, the other then- one is, is also defense. So I was going to ask you about defense. Like I just noticed that like with boxing MMA is very. It's very inherently offensive. Like even in the scoring criteria, defense is not scored. Only offense is scored. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, people tend to focus on it. But I have to tell you, like I've seen guys who have good jabs, but have like really poor jab defense. That yeah, be a problem.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. I believe that's that's a that's a big problem too. Like man, and also too it. You, you have to be able to come back off a lot of stuff. And, like, people make too big of angles, like going back to your first point, like the angles. Uh, a lot of people, like, uh, I was actually talking to uh, another boxer about it, and they were just, like, it, people see that. People try to mimic what uh, Lomachenko does, but it took years for him to get there. I was like, a lot of these people see, will see a small shift they won't be able to see a small shift, but they'll be able to see like a complete, huge, big shift. They, you just need to move slightly just out the way. Hmm. Here is way more noticeable than here, like a lot, like and it's just small, little, fine details in the boxing area. And then also too, yeah, with with the defense as well, with the defense as well, like a lot of these, a lot of these fighters. A lot of them have do have shit defense, they
0: just go to this, <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> again, it's hard, it's hard for me to say that, you know what I mean? But like, no, yeah, no, you can I'll, see it I'll, on camera.
1: I'll, I'll see, I'll, I'll say it just because, like, I like it's one, it's just, it's still one, it's just still one of those things for me. Like, uh, everybody's kind of like limits their head movement and they all kind of just do that high guard, high guard, and they don't use it correctly. They just all just shell up thinking
0: that they're, they're defending very well, but it's dog shit fair enough all right here's a question for you it's a little bit on the difficult side so if you want to skip it we can but i think it's at least worth trying to ask so he asks uh okay for adrian first things first love your fighting style and humility is something he strives for he currently is an amateur fighter in utah and just before his last fight he lost someone close to him ended up losing the fight i felt as though i was not myself in the cage he writes my question is how were you able to channel and or push your emotions to the side when your coach passed uh salsa Lee's obviously and get a win regardless of the situation he calls it inspiring obviously i know this is a difficult topic but if you do have any wisdom for this uh person it might be helpful
1: oh man i'll give i'll give uh two examples because uh two like uh on my end i'll I'll answer it yeah i have no like people ask it i will answer you know so no worries uh but yeah like actually uh the first big one on my end was uh actually we're like two days uh so today's february 2nd in two days is the anniversary of my dad's passing Mm uh and then two weeks later i fought on the biggest stage of my career and i fought for bellator with a broken hand you know so like it's you got to be it was just one of those things for me on my end that i just needed on my end, I don't know if the, I can speak for anybody else, but for me, I just needed to do something, you know, it kind of helped me cope with everything that was going, like not helped me cope, but it's help, it, it was able to help me push whatever I had to the side and worry just about the certain thing that was in front of me. Yeah. Mentally, like for mental health reasons, like it, that was a pretty shit idea thinking back <laughs> about it, but For me at that moment, the right thing to do was to fight and I just knew I just needed to fight like I needed to make sure I stayed moving and stay doing something, you know, because the minute I stopped was the minute I was like, I would be like depressed, broken down and everything. But now on my end, it was just like, I need to do something, you know, because for me, like just during that timeline, father passed a week later. We buried, we buried him. Then a week later, I'm fighting on the biggest stage, biggest stage I've ever had at that point in time, you know, fighting in Houston, Texas in front of like a sold out crowd in like like it was like for me, it was like a historical event because we were watching Hoist Gracie and Ken Shamrock. I was on their undercard. I thought that was super like
0: that was That's, I was at that event. That was the. uh I remember that quite explicitly. Wow, you were on the prelims card for that? Yeah, one? I was I was on know? the pre, I was on the prelims
1: card and uh
0: short notice replacement guy
1: came in and all that stuff. Like it was mm. just a uh, just a crazy like they even asked me if I wanted to off jump off the card. I said no. Like I just wanted wow. to stay on just on my end. Uh and for my coach when he passed away I actually like honestly I didn't have a chance to cope with it within that sense of and during that time frame because i went to his funeral and then the next day i flew out to vegas to help corner my uh training partner at the time uh liamana martinez for the ufc fight and that that was his debut and then right after that that's whenever i get a call to fight davy grant in november and pretty much what i had to do is just continue like the coaching aspect and sh- coaching other fighters for their fights because i had fighters fighting three weeks so like what i'm trying to say is i just was staying busy i like i didn't really have the time to like kind of sit back and just kind of just like uh deal with what was in front of me Uh, i just was i just went straight in nose to the grind and just went at like went after it like i kind of everything was kind of like a back thought that's why like after that davy grant fight I took a little bit of time. I took a little bit of time off, you know, uh, I told, I pretty much told the UC like, don't, don't call me. I need three months. I need three months just for myself. I need to think, you know, this is why I got skipped out. I skipped out on, uh, UC Houston, uh, last year in February is cause you know, it was, I just needed, I just needed time for myself and, you know, even though it's such a big dream on my end to fight in Houston, Toyota Center, hometown, UFC, big card, big event. I skipped out on it because I needed to work on myself. So it's not healthy to do it, but if you are trying to uh, fight and continue to push and strive for it just like and continue to fight, kind of had to just focus on the fight. You can't let – you kind of got to put everything on the back burner. Mental health, like, hey, bro – Don't like if I could go back and talk to myself like like for that Bellator fight, I myself would have been talking myself out of it. But hindsight, you know, that's what I should have done. But in the moment, my first instinct was just to go out there and fight, so I went out there and fought.
0: Also, I feel like sometimes when people experience tragedy, they which can come in all kinds of forms. They want to get back and score some kind of opportunity where they can feel good for a moment or feel righteous or something to abate the onslaught of difficult difficulty and pain which for a fighter is taking a fight having this triumphant moment you know uh, but of course it can backfire too right the the case of this person asking the question like some people can focus and put that stuff to the side some can't they think they want this opportunity and then they end up like you know and i'm not judging them for like everyone yeah wrestles with these as best they can but i remember when jake shields tragically lost his father he still took uh, on fight week he still took the fight against jake ellenberger he got viciously ko'd for it like it it can backfire too you know
1: oh yeah no i i go back and look uh mark hominick uh he lost his he lost his uh coach Sean topkins yeah and then yeah immediately got starched by the korean zombies see and then but then you have someone like uh Cody Stanman you know who goes out there and loses his brother and then goes out there and dominates and gets a win you know so right. it's kind it's kind of like who I'm not saying compartmentalized but like it's it's weird it's like I if like I told like I like for me on my end I remember on uh, there was like 2 or 3 weeks later after my coach had passed like uh, a couple of the fighters had to fight on uh, had a fight and had a fight in Fury, uh, Fury Fighting Championships. They're on UC mm-hmm. Fight Pass. Uh, so I remember flying back because it was it was like flying back, and then like kind of coaching them for about a week or two, and then I had to like I was actually talking to them. I was like, "Look, y'all don't have to fight." Like, and giving them the option to be like, "Look, if you need your time, need your time." 100 percent, like and for them they they were just like no we need this too and luckily for like i was i was 100 percent, 100 like looking for someone to say no because i'd be like hey look i 100 i understand but yeah no it's it's kind of a hard thing to do it it is a hard thing to do and you can never like kind of the only thing i was able to do on my end is just to tell the guys like hey like Y'all don't have to do this. Like, you don't have to prove anything to anybody, you know. But if you want to go through with it, this is your
0: decision, and I'm just 100% behind you. Fair enough. All right. Returning here, I like this one. This is true. You seem to be one of the better fighters Mm -hmm. when it comes to interacting with the media. Is this something you've practiced? And also, as a fighter, what benefits do you get from these interactions? beyond the exposure yeah how you for benefiting from this there, adrian <laughs> man that's honestly no, yeah <laughs> you know i'm not getting paid to do this you know uh, that's right you're not
1: free free <laughs> this is this is free yeah uh, no i was gonna pull try to pull a patty Pimlet on here and just try to ask to get paid but no i wasn't gonna do that uh, i'm not worth much but uh that's not but, true uh, now you send me a Dr Pepper, I'll do anything. <laughs> Fair enough, we can manage that. We can manage that. Yeah, no. So, uh, honestly, no, I love, I love it. Like, kind of, just on my end, man. Like, again, I'm, I'm always thinking myself as a fan first because I came into this like scene uh, just like, it, it, like the moments were so cool, being able to interact with like a fighter. Like I remember like the first time I interacted, like I met my first actual UFC fighter was Cain Velasquez. And that to me was the coolest thing on earth, you know, like he was an idol to me at that point in time. And I like, I, I was trying to do everything like him (laughs) at, uh, you know, I was, uh, 17 about to go into my first like amateur amateur fight. And I, I was able to meet him and I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And I just remember how I felt. And then just on, Twitter, I, I remember uh adding John Jones, you know, and it was just and he responded to that. And I remember that made my whole month, and I thought that was mm-hmm. the coolest thing. And I remember how that made me feel. And now it's like kind of like, oh well, it's a it's a different position, even though I don't look at myself like that. But it is cool when people are just like, you know, I like let's just say I like to tweet and they're just like, Oh man, Adrian is like my tweet. This is so fucking awesome. Like I that does bring me like joy too because i'm just like well i'm that person for somebody else i think that's pretty cool and you know if i'm I'm always like the person who like likes like i like doing things for people if like especially if like if they think it's cool like i like i i i I don't really like receiving presents i like gifting them and i don't consider what me doing on social media a gift but like it's just like something small you know if, if it's gonna make somebody happy then 100 i'm here to do it but uh yeah uh on I guess that kind of covers both both sides of that uh question right I like helping people <laughs> and, I will I will follow
0: up though like and not that you get a lot of it because you're in a great mm-hmm. stage of your career but I mean here's just the reality I like i I mean look at me I'm old like i've been, I've seen <laughs> I've seen several careers come and go at this point right so like well here's one of the things that's probably in your future probably in your future is main events title fights something like that I do think that's it's hard to say exactly when but you know it's going to happen, which means the media uh, responsibilities go way up, and also the scrutiny goes way higher. Not just from media at this point, but dude, fellow fighters are just as much media as media is these days. It's crazy how many fighters have YouTube channels and everything else. How do you handle critical feedback? Man, i I used to I used to get really
1: mad at critical feedback, and it would like kind of upset me. But now it's kind of just like. It, it's one of those things that like, it's, it's a learning, it's something where I can learn from, like it, even if it is like some, some people might bring up like a, like, it might be like a shitty argument. You'd be like, well, like some, something stupid. And I'd just be like, all right, I, it actually made it easier for me just to be like, all right, cool. No, it, you know, it is what it is. Uh, when some people bring like actual, like real, like, like, Hey, like, you know, like, in this fight with Randy Costley, you know, he's getting ate up by that jab. He was getting eat up, like, oh yeah, that's that is honest. I was getting eat up by the jab. Now it gives me something to be like, all right, cool. These other people see it too, even though it was very obvious in that fight. But it makes it easier for me, like, all right, cool. I can work on this stuff. Other people see that I need to work on this stuff. So now, whenever they see me next time, it's it's gonna be a hundred percent better version of me. You know, uh, even when you do get better at better at times, people still kind of fall back to uh being like oh you know he kind of did shit here you know but at the same time uh, i it's good it's good and it's bad because some people don't know how to handle it and on my end i feel like i can handle it pretty well like it's uh, i know some people go on tangents and try to talk mad shit but me i'm saying you know it is what it is we shall see
0: we shall, <laughs> we shall see i mean i am a bit petty there's yeah everyone <laughs> every, everyone's a bit i'm a bit petty too like he was without sin cast the first stone uh, it's just you know it's a reality man like when you get to the level which you're probably going to get uh a lot of people have a lot of a lot of opinions that's just it's just the reality of it you know so we'll see how you uh, things go for you at the time all right i like this question uh adrian favorite fighters to watch outside of the ufc and any thoughts on DJ versus Moraes 3? Respect from a fellow H-Town kid. There you go. What do you think, Adrian? You got any outside the UFC that that uh, you like to watch?
1: Man, outside outside the UFC that I like to watch is definitely those guys, Adrian, Marias, uh, and then also uh Demetrius Johnson, those guys. Every single time they fight, man, with his fight with uh uh Man, I'm slipping. With, yeah, Rod Tang, there we yeah. go. Whenever his his the special rules thing, I don't know it that was pretty cool like the fact that he was able to be in there for three minutes land a couple shots and then the next three minutes he goes out there and does what he does but i think that's pretty cool like i love that uh and even on the regional scene like one of my favorite fighters is uh, actually a training partner of mine cameron just because i love the way he fights uh he he likes they like his family likes to say that we fight so a lot of people around us say that we fight similar Mm. uh but I don't think so, because if you look and you break down, you look, you're like, oh, yeah, like he does things differently. And I like what he does, you know, but uh, yeah, he's one of my uh, favorites is Cameron Smotherman. He's really good. Like he's uh, main eventing uh, Fury this this Sunday. And there's also a lot of local MMA fighters that that I like watching. You know, I like watching. Texas uh, has a
0: huge regional scene.
1: Yeah, it's, I'm so happy. Like I'm so happy about that cuz like man, like it's almost like every other week we have fighters fighting uh on Fury or like Elevate, you know, just a lot of a lot of good talent coming in. We got uh Josh Van. He should be either either he he's getting the call to to the contender series or he's on the short list for call-ups. That 125 is vicious. Mm-hmm. Super super vicious, man. I if I I will I will say he's like I think he's like 19, 20. He's not even old enough to drink, but he's like seven and one. I think he just turned pro like last year, but he's been Mm. knocking fights out. And every time he fights, it's just vicious and vicious. It gets more vicious. And he fought this guy, uh, Cleveland McLean, uh, out of, uh, Phil Rose gym in, in Florida. And I was sitting cage side for that. And man, that was a fight. Like, I, I, will definitely say that, uh, Cameron Smotherman and Josh Van are, like when it comes to Texas, was are two of my favorite fighters out right now. Uh, world, uh, I guess like big promotions, world, of course, Raf thoughts. Uh, man, he just makes he's been making it look really, really good. Uh, really, really good. I, I love watching it, appreciate it, appreciate him. Uh, AJ McKee is one of those guys too. I like watching him fight, and then also the again, the Marius and Demetrius Johnson. I like those guys,
0: fair enough. Uh, all right, I like this one, it's a good question. Uh, This person writes, being from Texas and Mexican, does Adrian feel any type of pressure to carry the Mexican flag? I was born in the USA, he writes, and can barely speak Spanish and always been a regret of mine as an adult. Wonder what Adrian's thoughts on that aspect of the game. You know, it's crazy, dude, Like, because obviously, you know, through Showtime, I cover a lot of boxing. Man, like, it is... uh... It's just whatever version of Hispanic identity you have, it's critically important to who you are and to, and to your fortunes. I think also, obviously, what matters most is you know, how you can duke it out. But um, the way in which you, if you're a Puerto Rican, you honor Puerto Rican ancestry or Mexican or whatever, it's huge in boxing. Not so much in MMA, or do you agree? How do you see it? I, I'll say it like this. Yes and no if you are if
1: you are an american fighter it kind of here's there's also kind of like my thing with uh with just like uh um, american fighters is that like yes a lot of times we do we we do represent but also like the american fans will be a big fan of like somebody from ireland or for somebody from brazil but they will have the same support you know for for the american fighter you know brazilians they love a brazilian fighter like it it it's uh yeah like but, they're, the same,
0: but they're but they're but they're it's nationalists I, you know oh yeah I mean? yeah
1: no yeah no a hundred percent i i get it i get it like trust me i got that's, i'm just like you know when they go to mexico you know they got their brandon morenos you know they go to uh they go to brazil they got their anderson silva you know you go to ireland you got you got your conor mcgregor and all that stuff you know uh but yeah no i feel like you should definitely like in mma you should definitely take like part of what your culture brings into it because you know mma obviously is as much as as much as like americanized it kind of i in the well at least just in the ufc like it's like every fighter like multicultural and all that stuff i feel like you should be able to represent your culture i should i feel like i i for myself want to rep like i i want to rep mexico but I but on my end, I was like, they give me the blue trunks every time, so I wear black. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I think it's really important. I feel like it would be really, really important to actually help, like, you know, just just kind of represent. On my end, it would want to, I would want to represent it for my mom's side of the family because my mom's side of the family came from Mexico. Uh, you know, I, I was, like, one of those no sabo kids, too, <laughs> for the longest time. Uh, so on my end, it's really important. I, I really, like – man actually like under this shirt i got that uh i got the hispanic heritage uh shirt on right now like not mm. just like right here the the mochas yeah i well, not which Historias uh shirt but yeah no i think it's really important but in boxing it's just way much more prevalent and even just with the fight coming up itself you got rob font who's a who's american but also puerto, has puerto rican roots and me i'm american but with mexican roots as well so mm. uh I always wanted to kind of have that type of fight just for myself. Just like it kind of brings me back to whenever I was watching uh, uh, Canelo and uh, Canelo and uh, Miguel, Miguel Cotto. And then you kind of, you get to learn the history of like the Mexico versus Puerto Rico uh, history, just in boxing. And Which I is think one of the that's most glorious yeah. histories in all of combat sports, you know? See, and I think that's, that's phenomenal. And I, that's where like, for me digging into the roots and like, for me on, on me looking at it, it's, it's super beneficial it's super cool just to learn the history of it you know uh united states if you're an american fighter you get you get your uh you get your you know your love uh but if you're brazilian if you're mexican you get your your standard set fans and that's cool <laughs> that's still that's still cool man I, you know i i i get uh, i i love it just because at the end of the day you know you fight one of you fight another brazilian you know it's just you're, you're going to get like the views of them too you know so i think that's cool too Fair enough. Let's get a few more of these
0: in while we have the time. Uh, Let's see, which one did I like the most? Uh, I like, ooh, here we go. How about this one? This is a good question from Mike Owens Media. A lot of people view your fight with font as predominantly boxer versus boxer. With that said, do you lean into your boxing or do you introduce a more varied attack to secure the best chance of victory? I guess, first comment on that. Do you feel like calling you versus font boxer you know you know boxer versus boxer is that a fair way to describe it oh
1: yeah 100 I, I think so too i i think that i think that's true uh i i feel like that's a that's a perfect explanation for this but we are fighting in the under the mma rule set so like on my end i seen font shoot in I've I've seen Fawn wrestle. Uh my fights all in the UFC. I've not taken one shot whatsoever. So hmm. uh on my end, you kind of know what's gonna be coming at you. Uh I and I'll say it right now, I don't look to I'm not gonna look to uh you know get a takedown or anything like that. I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking to knock him out just just because you know you don't get a performance bonus off of off of a takedown holding people down, you know. I I want the knockouts, I want the like as much as uh as is as, as much. As a fight of the night looks cool, you know, not good for the brain, but I would take an extra 50 K, you know, but I feel like it's a, it's a, I feel like it's a, that's a fair comparison. Uh, I, it won't just be boxing. It'll be just the whole striking aspect instead on my end. Uh, I have been working on a lot. Like, again, like I said, I've been working with the Muay Thai, with the Muay Thai, a strict Muay Thai coach for, uh, for about almost about to, about to be coming up on a year. Uh, so I've been looking to vary my attacks in all aspects, so uh, just in the striking department. I'm not going to be looking to take him down, but he will m- most likely shoot.
0: He will, He's going to mix it up. I mean, there's oh, just no sure. way. He's going to mix for it sure. up. You know? uh, and, dude, I mean, here's another part, too. Like The thing about Font is whatever state of the career he's in, like he has fought the best at bantamweight. He has fought tough-ass guys, and so he oh, knows yeah. what it's like in the trenches as well um it's a tough fight you know it's a good one but it's a tough fight let me ask you this though real quickly if I'm not mistaken I'm counting one two three four five so in your last five fights all of which were UFC fights the one before that was contender series you not only won them all you've gotten a performance bonus in every single one did I count that right so that means 250k I wonder what you've done (laughs) with 250k Adrian yes well on my end
1: I bought a house I invested. I i invested, uh, got with the financial advisor, invested some of the money. Uh, but yeah, after that, most of it is just going to food, keeping up with the baby. Uh, so yeah, I'm not trying to spend anything stupid. I did have my little bit of fun, did take a trip to Mexico and everything. So, oh, nice, yeah. So, uh, I'm not trying to be like total, like, clinch money save, but I am also trying to invest, still try to enjoy life as well. But yeah, uh, but also. You don't get the full 250k. You you like you I know, gotta pay, I know, I know. you got you gotta pay some people out, you know. So you do, on my yeah it. still, it's that, it's a decent yeah. uh it's a decent <laughs>
0: little extra check,
1: you know. It, it oh no, trust me, I I love I love the extra checks, it just makes me be like, all right, cool. But as a guy who went from like two years ago not paying any taxes to paying taxes now, I'm just like ah yeah, it blows, it. right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know every time I get a raise and then I see my taxes at the end of the year, I'm like, dude, what the fuck is the point of making more money? I don't even get it like they just I, I never <laughs> feel like I could get ahead. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, no, no. I just figured out how much I was paying in in, uh, in daycare services. And, you know, oh, I'm just Jesus. like, oh, I was like, yeah. Merton. How old is your little one?
0: <laughs> he's a he's a year and two months. So, you still have a little, you have at least another year and a half of daycare then. Yeah. 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 That's fun. Yeah. yeah well, uh, <laughs> if, if, it, if it makes you feel any better, the city I live in, This you, you can do- double check this. Anyone who's watching or listening, double check this, but uh, it's 100% true. The city I live in, which is Washington, D.C., has the most expensive childcare in the country. So, mm-hmm. on average, this is just okay. average. It's going to cost you $2K a month here, average Damn. per kid, per kid. Yeah. A buddy oh. of mine has three. And for the summer, it was 4K every month. So I was like, that's a oh, lot that of money. Hurts. That hurts. That's, a, that's brutal, right? Brutal. Oh. Um, I know he he his wife makes money, so I didn't feel too bad. But I was like, bro, that is, no. that's a that's a can you imagine stroking that check every every month, like. Oh me, no, right? man!
1: That's why I made my I made I made the mother of my child stay at home. I was like, hey, you gonna start taking care of <laughs> <him> soon? Like, <laughs> put her on. We call that putting her on scholarship. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what we do. Like we a college go. athlete. All
0: right, let's get to one of these here. Uh, Bc, or, um I call, almost called you Bc, Adrian. What is Not your opinion? Dunk. <laughs> yeah exactly right uh very quickly what is your opinion on francis leaving and whether or not fighters should unionize also give me insight into how much you were making as a flat rate i i, I suspect that talking about fighter pay is not in your interest certainly open the door if you'd like to but more importantly francis what about big francis leaving and striking it out on his own at really the peak of his career but you just never know what could happen
1: so yeah no i i 100 feel like he he sh- he did what he should have done for himself like i and in the sense of like, I know what he was trying to do. Cause we actually had an extensive talk with Eric Nixick whenever he came down for, uh, uh, for about, I, think, I believe it was about a week, uh, for Rafion's Stotts camp, uh, got to talk to him, got to know a lot of the inner inner deals that was going on behind the scenes. Cause at that time I was looking for, I was trying to get health insurance on my own, you know? So, uh, luckily on my end, I'm able to afford, I'm able to afford health insurance, uh, you know, extra 250K, you know, you get since the UFC, you know, so like it helps pay on my end, be able to pay for health insurance. So a lot of these these fighters that are coming into the UFC, they're, you know, let's just kind of just get into that a little bit. You know, the standard contracts, 10 and 10, you know, uh, depending on what type of management you have, 20% so you make let's just say you don't win the fight you gotta pay two grand out of pocket let's just say you're paying ten percent to your coach uh ten percent to your coach your coaching fees and now you're just walking away with seven grand now on top of that you gotta start paying taxes on it and you know most of the time you're kind of left with maybe five grand if that you know maybe ten grand if you do win the fight so that's why uh at times it kind of makes it a little bit uh hard for these fighters to get health insurance even though fight week fight stuff anything that's due around fight related stuff like you go out there you fight let's just say you get hurt
0: uh you do get covered by a lot of that stuff but yeah. there's uh, accident much, insurance but not like mm-hmm. comprehensive health coverage right? yes yes yeah
1: 100 so uh so i understood what he was doing and i understood like what he was trying to do for a lot of these fighters because man like it it of course it'd be cool for like a workplace to be able to give to In a workplace, you'd be able to get health insurance, but we are contractors of the UFC. We're not, you know, we're not, uh, W nine workers. We're, you know, we're not getting, you know, we're not just a regular, we're not just a regular, like you walk into work, you clock in yeah, regular employee, we're contractors. So, uh, that's completely on us. But where I do feel like, uh, he's kind of, you took the hard stance, and I really appreciate that from someone like Francis, especially someone of his stature. Cause uh, whenever I was getting, whenever I had that extensive talk with, talk with Eric, pretty much like there was a lot of fighters that were wanted to do it. But as soon as the UFC cut a check, everybody was kind of like, well, you know, like, which again, with the money that they were throwing around to some of these fighters, of course, they were just like, of course, they're going to, of course, they're going to hush up. You know, you tell me to you throw Throw me two million, I'll hush up for the rest of my yeah, I'll rest. I'll I'll hush up for a good amount, you know. So but uh uh but yeah. Uh, so yeah, like he like his his moral, his values, they they were they're set in the right place. And he was just pretty much like, No, like Inganu was the guy that was like, I don't want to be considered a sellout, I don't wanna do like I this is worth I want to do the right things, not just for myself. But I want to help a whole community of fighters that are on their way up, and they want to make. He wanted to make sure that a lot of these fighters get their just due, you know. on on that end, but I understand it's a lot of work. I absolutely have no idea how that would even work if the UFC were to implement some type of health insurance for for fighters. I have no idea. I'm not that guy. I won't be able to solve that for you. But uh, the sponsorship side, I think that would be pretty cool. Like just being able to like like everybody gets one. I think that would have been like a good mid deal instead of being able to like the uh like before being able to plaster it all over your shorts. I mean you just do like the same thing how some fighters have the the monster the monster logo on their shorts. I feel like Mm -hmm. hey, you know what? In that place you get one sponsor, you know. I think that would have been pretty fair, but uh on that end, you know, I I appreciate what Francis Ganu was trying to do, but you know, it's it's he was fighting he was fighting a losing battle, you know, because from what I had heard, everything was kind of like very, uh, you know, not going for him, if that makes sense.
0: In terms of what?
1: It Deal wise, like he, oh, they weren't, he wasn't going to he was they weren't going to cut it, cut him a deal or anything like that. But the money that they were going to be thrown at him afterwards, he turned that down. It was a pretty penny. And like I applaud him because a lot of people, they see that money, they see that check and they're just like they bounce on it so, so quick.
0: Yeah, they do. They would bounce very quickly. How often would you say you talk about pay or the industry practices in terms of finance and treatment with other fighters in your gym?
1: I talk to them all the time. I, I like, man. I, I make sure that these that that guys around me make sure that they are that they are going to start doing things right. If that makes sense. Like I I I was telling my uh, my training partner Cameron, so he's fighting he's fighting for the belt on Fury. He's really close to getting that call up, and I'm like, hey, bro, look before you. Once you get signed, form an LLC, form an LLC, your own business. Uh, I believe S corp, you know, so you can start being able to write things off tax deductible. I want you to start doing the right things, and then after that, you you'll be able to be uh, since you're a business, you'll be able to start up a, a SEP IRA and be able to put money into there. You can put about twenty five percent of your gross of your gross pay uh, in of your gross money that you make uh for that year put it in there it's tax deductible so i'm constantly trying to tell these guys to to do something better with the money and also so they can invest for the future and after fighting as well so oh yeah i'm consistently telling these guys like hey look like fighting it can make you a lot of money but it also can make you very broke very very quickly if you're not doing the right things you need to be doing with it mm-hmm. uh so yeah it's a it's, it's a topic i'm always bringing up to these guys because i'm just like look let's just say you do fight the UFC you get 10 and 10, you know, 20% goes to management, I guess, you know, and then after that uh you get to 12 and 12, you fight 14 and 14, the next fight 16 and 16, depending if you win all those fights. You can, you know, uh, just depending on what what aspect also you don't take into account if they get the uh, 50k bonus or whatever, but I know you get the extra I think uh 3 3k for the venom if you follow the the guidelines for the fight week guidelines and you wear all venom gear and all that stuff. So you get the extra three K four K five K depending on, I forgot how much that was initially, but yeah, no, I'm always telling these guys, Hey, like you got to make sure that you're investing it wisely. Cause even with the small amount of money you're getting now, you have the ability to make more, you know, uh, I, at least on my end, I tell, I tell them what I tell them my story. I was like, Oh, I went to, uh, the contender series five and five. Then I go out there, I fight my first my uh UC debut. It was 10 and 10. But on my end, I went out there, I performed, got an extra 50k. And that's why I tell these guys like, look, I would I was blessed on this part. I was blessed on this end. You know, I was able to go out there, fought on a great card, was able to get a bonus. For me, I was set. You know, I was set for that year. Yeah, I you know, I was a guy making maybe 28K, 30k a year. To now a guy who made just just off those two fights, just the two fights in the year made eighty k, pretty much doubled my uh double my uh my income for the, like from a regular job to fighting in the UFC. I was like, you yeah, had that possibility, but if you don't take it seriously and you don't do the right things, you'll be on the broke side. I was like, so it's a give and take. You gotta learn the lessons from the people from the people before you. And also take notes whenever somebody's doing good And if they're telling you to do something Hey, take initiative to learn about it And then apply it yourself
0: All right, just a couple more left Appreciate your time I'll have a little fun with these ones Uh, This person (laughs) asks Music genre you despise and or music genre that you like
1: Oh man, music Oh shit Despise I don't know I don't know if I uh, Maybe
0: Maybe uh, Ah how is was the answer st- not country? I mean, I know I, blows. I there, there's
1: there, there's there's a couple songs in country that I don't, wait. So I'm trying to be nice because my some of my family <laughs> loves country, so I'm like, you know what? Let me not. But on my end, yeah, I'm I'm not the biggest fan, and obviously my favorite is probably is rap and hip hop and all that stuff. So actually, on my way home from training today, I put on the 20s like it was like a hip hop 20s playlist on spotify i just listened to it and I was, I was like damn this is this is this is this is what they consider old classics now and then
0: Wu Tang or something No, not even then those are your classics <laughs> <laughs> the 20 the 2010s are classics now <laughs>
1: yeah they're, they're, yeah the, the 2000s like the 2000s, the 2000s, the 2000s yeah. 2005s and all that stuff i'm like ah oh,
0: these are the classics damn it that's <laughs> so sad that those are the classics i have to tell you very very sad uh all right so someone asked this i'm gonna put on the screen did they put a donation that i put on the screen uh they asked adrian yes uh favorite up and comer i know you rock with dr pepper so let me ask if there was no more dr pepper from this point forward what would you drink on a daily basis jesus christ the fans have to know this oh my gosh (laughs) oh man you know what damn that
1: is a hard one. I I despised it. What, I so top- let me ask.
0: So wh- why couldn't you go with Mister Pibb? I know you've had Mister Pibb. I've had
1: Mister Pibb,
0: and it's just it's it it's is swell. just
1: it's oh my gosh! It it's just one of those things that I've come to despise the off brands <laughs> of Dr Pepper. Uh, I have a friend that calls me Doctor Dazzle because he goes and gets it from like Kroger's or Walmart or something. And he's like, yeah, he's like. He had me do a taste test on it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is this one's shit, and this one's actual Dr Pepper." And and, and the names then. are always terrible too. It's always yeah. like
0: Dr. Cola. It's yeah. Like I'm not yeah. drinking
1: Dr. Cola. Yeah. See, see, and you see now, my you know, you know my frustration, you know. But, so, but yeah, it would be it would be Mr. Pibb, but I've talked so much shit about it that I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I would be you know conforming to liking mr piv and i don't want to do that so maybe it either had to be cherry coke or cherry
0: pepsi so one of those two uh those are all gross uh, <laughs> adrian if you could take one attribute from any fighter in history so francis's power Demian mind's grappling and merge it into your game what would you take take one person's best strength and make it your own what would you oh. do no oh, it has to be francis and power that's. Just, I mean, how's how, it's, it's like no, it's he, like a superpower. You would fly, right? Like you, that's, yeah. that would be your superpower.
1: Oh no, one hundred percent. Especially at the Bannaway division, nah, You know what? That's that's actually murder. So never mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I think we have maybe one more of these. Let me just see. Uh, oh, there's there's a lot of weird ones. There's a lot of weird ones. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to tune some of these out. All right, let's see someone's asking could anyone do professional fighting it is amazing to me people think that pro mma fighting is easy it's like you don't really understand fighting at all if you think it's easy
1: i'll say it like this in in a in a complicated answer no but if you if you want to do it you can just sign a form get your medicals done and now you're a professional fighter you can step into I, I've seen that happen right. a couple times. I don't times. recommend any of that. I, I do not
0: recommend. Yeah, again, we do not condone that,
1: but you can do it and consider yourself a professional fighter.
0: By the way, I have someone writing me being like, uh, I'm saying Reveille wrong, which is a French word. I say it on the intro to Morning Combat. I'm actually not saying it wrong. I mean, I am, but I'm not, because this is the way it's pronounced in the Marine Corps. They expressly say Reveille on purpose. So it'd be weird when you go on a Marine Corps base and you hear nothing but Reveille to then say it's pronounced a different way, um, although I grant that that's not accurate French, but that is accurate Marine Corps parlance. All right, last one for nice. you, <laughs> last one for you, uh, Adrian. Fight pick. So we this we have two main events this weekend. We have Lewis and Spivak, and then Old Fedor, who's somehow oh. older than me. He's like fifty, nearly, is fighting Bader. Make a pick in in either of those.
1: Oh man, so I'm gonna go with Fedor. Not not Fedor, uh Bader, just because these past couple of times where you've seen the old fighter, you know, going in for the last one. They, and get, they, get, gotten, they get worked it's, over, don't they? It's, 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 never, it's never the right one, and it's never the it's they just they've gotten Dude, between fucked. Shogun,
0: between Shogun and Frankie Edgar just getting carried out of the octagon, basically, it's oh, like, okay, man. can we not can we not fucking do this and folks keep forgetting this. Bader oh, is God. the champion. This is for the title, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, I remember being on the phone with my manager and just being like, uh, because Frankie Frankie came across the table for me on my end, and I was I was like, I'll say yes, but I'm gonna feel bad about it, <laughs> and then uh they call me back and they, uh, they're they like, they went with Chris Gutierrez. I was like, that's not a better option either. Yeah, that's a <laughs> and tough then, one uh, too. It didn't go I was well. Like, I was like, I was like, oh man. Then uh, seeing Shogun. I, yeah, you know what? But I was also kind of glad like Glover was able to have that type of performance, you know, with yeah. Jamal Hill. So that was like, that was kind of like, hey, thank you. Like, you know, that was like a good send off. But, you know, the Brazilian crowd left before, you know. But uh, you So know. Uh,
0: Lewis and Spivak, who do you like? I can never
1: go. I can never go against Lewis. Never. I never will. Never, never have. Never will. Lewis H town. Hold it down
0: all day, every day. I figured I figured that's what you would say. Uh, Well, I got to tell you, Adrian, I really appreciate your time. Uh, Cannot wait till the Rob Font fight. I hope that the fans got something out of it. They got a chance to get you the questions that they wanted, which was the whole idea here. So if folks want more from you, where do they get it? So
1: uh, I got a couple places you can go. Uh, you can go to Instagram, Adrian ninety three, Twitter at Yanes MMA. I do have a YouTube channel that's going up. Just like, <laughs> like you said, every fighter has a YouTube channel. Down yeah, you, that guy. You that are guy.
0: the media now. You are the media. <laughs> I,
1: you know, uh, it is. It was more lighthearted, but now we're turning in, turned into a camp. So it's like you're gonna be more like, I guess, embedded. I guess, but uh, you know uh you know the formula doesn't fail so might as well try it out but yeah uh yeah i have a youtube channel also too i sold out i have only fans guys go to my Holy... OnlyFans. And, you're showing honest. dong
0: pics on there what are you doing oh
1: man oh man i might <laughs> i might just depends no i'm kidding i get in trouble my my baby mom is be mad super mad man you know
0: would she be That's mad great. or it's like oh i got ten thousand subscribers in the first month we're rich now you, i mean you, you can do that too right I mean, you know it, it's it's
1: kind of crazy i do have I, I do post i did post the sparring footage up there so uh i so i might i might start posting more sparring footage but you will have to pay for it you know you know you know i i might i might have a couple of you know on my uh on my you know whenever i get my statement who bought and if it says rob fine i'm about to be
0: extremely mad (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell you what these free interviews with adrian yanez they're not going to last too much longer he's gonna put everything (laughs) behind the paywall uh adrian thank you so much really appreciate it had a good time i hope the fans did as well can't wait to see your fight with Rob Font, and uh, it's just so exciting to see how things are progressing with you. Thank you so much. Right.
1: No, cool. Thank you for the platform. I've been a big fan for a long time, and I watch morning co- combat like religiously, so yeah, thank
0: y'all so much. All right, I'm going to take you out, and I will talk to you later. All right? All right. Yes, sir. There he goes. Adrian Yanez, everyone. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. I greatly appreciate it. This video obviously will be up already, but uh, we're just trying this out to see how it goes. So give me some feedback. LukeThomasNews at gmail.com. Did you like it? Did you not? What did you like about it? Would you not like about it? Would you want to see more? You let me know. LukeThomasNews at gmail.com. The podcast will be up on podcast platforms tonight. And uh, yeah, let me know. Let me know. Give me some feedback. I appreciate it. All right. So for Adrian, for Othello, who did a great job, and everybody else, we're out of here. Until next time, stay frosty. Bitches.